God is, uh, is amazing. Um, we're going to do two services that day, 9 and 10.30. And that's what we used to do all the time. And then everybody had to walk through this pandemic. Isn't that fun? So we got through, you know, we're, we're already walking our way through that. And I've had people from time to time, they'll say, when are we going to go back to two services? They liked the early service. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you when we're going to go. You know, number one, when the Lord says, time to go to two services. But in, in what I believe he's telling me right now, when we are running, and it's growing, that's awesome. When we're running like about 150 in this service, okay, and we're doing it on a fairly consistent basis, we're going to pull the trigger and we're going to do that, that second service. And when that one starts exceeding that, then we're going to say, okay, God, do we do another Sunday or do we do a Saturday night or what are we doing? And he's going to let us know. But it's so good. We're excited. There's a lot of things, you know, we're, we're believing and planning in the future for small groups and all kinds of things to happen. We have small groups that happen now. There's a men's Bible study, women and men. But, you know, we want to do more things. And certainly we want to get our, our student ministry fired up again as God provides for that. So turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. I'm so stoked. Let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. I got to go and, and talk to Pastor Gary last night, and, and I got to go. I told Maddie, she said, how did it go? So let's say hi to Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Maddie couldn't be with us today, so Maddie, here's your shout out. Woo! Uh, so anyway, I, I said, I got to go back to the inner sanctum. She said, well, what's that? You know, and I said, well, no, Pastor just said, hey, come on, walk with me. We'll go back in the back, in the back office <laughs> and talk. So, you know, he just he sends his love, and, and, you know, I just gave him a report. He's our, our executive board on, on what was going on and what was happening. And, and uh, we had met with the architect a, a month ago, and, uh, and we we're working on getting that uh, vision board up. And, and so it's just, you know, it's just process of getting things uh, in in line and in motion, and and so he's excited, and and uh, so he sends his love him and Pastor Drenda. So it was just good to connect with him. I told him what I was preaching on. He said, "Yeah." And I said, "Now this is what happened. How many were here last week?" And and we got to point three, didn't we? Okay, I'm stopping right there for a second because the Lord said, "This is what you need." And remember, He told me to hammer this. So He said, "You need to build a foundation." So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to build a foundation, and we're going to get back to how everything works in the kingdom, and we'll even talk about it today. We're going to talk about it every week, but, but we need to get something so that we understand what, come on, what the Word says. you got to understand, this isn't what Brett says. I, do you know, you know, when you speak, if you are under assignment for God, you know what the enemy hears? He hears God's voice when you speak. Because that's what you should be speaking. Speaking, Jesus said, I, I just say what the Father says. Do you know that you have the same anointing that Jesus had? You have the same authority that Jesus has. I mean, that's like, oh, are you kidding me? The same power. We're going to lay a foundation so that we can say, you know what? This is awesome. This is awesome. So God said, I want you to start over. I want you to build them a foundation and then build off that. I said, all right. So I'm going to show you from my life. I hope that's okay because I can't show you from yours because I don't know yours. So I have to show you from mine. And before when I taught this, I taught it from my point of view, from Gary's point of view. Does that make sense? I mean, in other words, I'm relaying the stories that I saw happen to him, and I threw some of mine in, and this is what the Lord said. He said, you need to tell him from you, and I'll throw some of Gary in. So I'm going to switch it. I hope that's all right, because that's what we're doing anyway. All right. Um, how many, we've all in this room have trusted the world's earth curse system, because we grew up in it. We've all trusted, you know, well, you get this, this is what we, this is just common, this is what happens. Uh, when it comes to finances, health, whatever. I was raised in a Methodist church when I was little. Then jumped from Methodist to Assemblies of God, that was pretty night and day. 
you know, because Methodists were at least the one church we went to was here in town, was a, a lot more reserved. The Assembly of God, those people talked funny, waved their hands. I saw ladies with white hankies. They, they shouted. We didn't really shout when I grew up. So it was, it was different. But, but I was still in the system that I was raised and we were all brought up in was almost to that same, this is how this works, I understand. But I never really would believe that God had a better way. Have you ever thought that God might have a better way? I just, I just didn't even, well, let me, let me put it to you this way. My dad was a Browns fan. Yeah. So when I was a kid, guess what team I automatically liked? The Browns. Now, I have since moved teams. But <laughs> you can be taken out. You know that, don't you? So <laughs> you'd be surprised. So anyhow... This is what, this is what um, you know, it was just automatic because he loved the Browns. And so I was just like, okay, NFL, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. Never really thought about another team. And I had friends that liked the Cowboys, and there's always friends that like the Steelers, you know, and, and all that. And, you know, both good teams, I get it. Uh, but, but I was just like, oh, oh Browns, Browns, Browns. And, and there's nothing wrong with liking that team. So, Brett, what are you saying? I'm just saying I was adopted into that like. Okay, to that, that is just what it was. I, I just thought that was just correct. Growing up, if you didn't like the Browns, I just thought, well, what's the matter with you? Of course, I understand, you know. <laughs> so just moving on. What would I, let, let me ask you a question. What would you say if God was saying to trust? If I was to, a different system, trust me. Everybody say trust. I got to trust the Lord for my needs to be met. Not man to meet my needs, but God to meet my needs. That's a different system. That's, that's just like, that, it doesn't seem to compute. Would I, would I do that? Would I trust him? So operating in faith by God comes, there's requirements like with anything. In any kingdom, there's things you have to do. There's things that have to be done. You need to know his word. How many know you need to know the word of God? If I'm going to base my trust in what the kingdom says, what God says, I need to know what he says and what it applies and how I can make that work. Does that make sense to you? So I want to see God working like, okay, I grew up in church, and we've, we've talked about missions. And have you ever had been in a service where they talk about missions? And, and these great things are happening clear over in Zimbabwe or Africa or wherever. And, and there's, 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 that's awesome. But I wanted to be like, well, does, does not God work in the U.S. of A.? Is he not working? Can he not do so? I wanted to see something in my life, something in the influence that I saw. God will work from our, if we would trust him, how many know when we get saved, our spirit is connected with God. And the spirit of God will instruct you about his kingdom. The, the issue we have is we want to be in the familiar, what we're used to, what we're always, we've always done it this way. But what if God said, I've got a better way? I want to build a foundation. Now, I don't want you to feel bad or foolish or about your request or, you know, God, what do I, I don't even know. John 14, 13, we're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning, so I'm going to go fairly quickly. It says, you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. It says, you can ask for anything in my name. It says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So if I had a request for God and I wanted to see his kingdom work in my life, does it really mean he'd get involved in what's important to me? Let's keep going. Deuteronomy 28.8. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. 
The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. Now, before we're all done with this, in the weeks that follow, outside of Easter, and Easter we'll, we'll talk about the grave and we'll talk about it being empty and, and we'll be excited about that. But I mean, I, I want us to be able to, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna, if, if I was a cartoon, I'm not, but let's say if you were a cartoon and I, was, I could see little light bulbs, before this is over, they'll be going, boom, boom, because many of you will get it and you'll go, why didn't I see that? Because the Holy Spirit, the truth, he will reveal it to you. Are you catching what I'm trying to put out to you right now? It's going to happen. He's going to show you the truth. And because you and I have covenant, a father-son or father-daughter relationship with God, this scripture is saying that I have the right, I have the right to succeed in everything I put my hand to. That is the right. That is a promise that we read. God says he blesses the work of your hands. If your hands are doing nothing in heaven, guess what zero times zero is? Nothing. It's zero. You have to understand and say, okay, God, now we're going to get into a whole lot of stuff, but I'm so excited. Because what he's going to say is like, you know, God, when he created everything, on this day I'll make, and this day, and this day. And then it says, he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was done. It was complete. And so we can take a rest in the Lord. Doesn't mean that we don't have to do anything. We still might have to put our hand to it, but it's not the same kind of labor. It's not that I have to toil and sweat like the curse that Adam had. It's, it's a different kind of, I have to understand the kingdom and get involved in the kingdom, and I come under that jurisdiction, and God has now a legal channel to do what he needs to do. Everything I put my hand to. You know, I didn't understand all of this. And I'm not saying I understand everything. I'm just going to tell you what I know, what the Lord has shown me. I'm going to show you what I did and what I do. And I know that God doesn't lie. The Bible says he's not a man that he could lie. And it says his word is truth. So I literally began to take the Lord literally. Have you ever taken somebody's word literally? I mean, if they just said it, they just, okay, you just believed it, it's done. I've told you the story where Mallory would say, Daddy, do you promise? And I'd say, I promise. And for, as far as she's concerned, there's no more discussion needed. If we were going camping or going on a pic, picnic or going to play at the playground, and I said, I promise, she's packing a bag. She's going to go down, she's going to pack the boys' sandwiches or whatever, and she's going to try to tell them, we're going to have fun. Because you don't tell Mallory you're not going to have fun. She would tell her brothers, oh, you're having fun. And Zach would be like, really? <laughs> but, you know, we would, it would just be, she, she understood, and she took it literally. So I'm going to back up a little bit, or, we're not, or I'm just going to stay on this point. <clears throat> so that means if we're reading the scripture, and that God is, I can ask, I can request anything, and if I put my hand to it, that means now, this is how Pastor Gary and I got connected, was deer hunting. Now, he is a deer hunter. Tad is a deer hunter. I don't know who else is a hunter, but there's people that like to hunt. I like, I like to hunt. Um, but that's how we got connected. And that's how the Lord taught Pastor Gary faith was the principles were through hunting. And so what connected us was that activity. And I had gotten deer, and I was trying to figure this out. But this is what I'm, I'm saying. That means if I would ask God to help me with my deer hunting, I could prosper in it. That's one of those everythings. That means I would have success. 
That means God would bring the deer. Now, you, you could be sitting here going, oh, please don't tell me. I'm just going to tell you how this works. It doesn't have to be a deer. You can come to my house, or if you've known me for a long time, you, people ask me all the time, how did this happen? Jesus, he just brought it. How'd that happen? Well, I'm, I'm going to show you. Is that okay? I like success, don't you? So Pastor Gary had told me this concept, and he told me what the Lord told him, and I thought, well, okay. And so he sowed a seed for his deer. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to explain it all today, but I will explain it. So if you're out there saying, are you trying to buy God? I'll explain that that's not what this is. And I'll show you by the word that's not what this is. My son's, just to give you an idea, my son sowed for his 10-point buck, which is on his wall. I think he sowed $2.50. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll explain to you what a, a point of contact is and what a uh, faith being released is and all of that. I'll, I'll, I'll show you and explain all of that. But I had never heard that before. I had never done anything like that before. Nobody in the circles I was in talked like that before. I mean, I had given in church, but it was just legally, religiously. Does that make sense? They're going to pass the plate. Oh, I guess I got to put in. I've even done this. I'm, not, I'm just being honest. I've been in services where I got the envelope. It was empty, but nobody around me knew it was empty, but I did. And so I put it in the bucket because as far as they saw, oh, he, he gave in the offering. But I knew I didn't put anything in the envelope. Are you shocked? Like some of you are like, oh. found out I put pants on just like you, one leg at a time. And I don't do that now, but back in the day, that was at a church one time, and they had everybody parade up front. And they put the thing up front, and they paraded. Everybody walked by it and put stuff in this big gold bucket. I just took an empty envelope up there and put it in the bucket because I didn't want to go up there empty-handed. I had not heard this concept before, but it was more religious. So when Kim and I got married, we were going to an AG church. I hadn't been... Uh, I don't think I was called in the ministry at that point. Well, I was called, but I wasn't answering. I was busy. Wait for the beep. Okay. Uh, and so my pastor at the time, he, he, I, was, I was curious, and he was talking about giving, and I had people tell me about giving. And let me, let me explain something to you. And again, I'm just taking time so that you understand this. How many knows that you can talk a lot without saying anything? And my father, who's here, and where he was sitting right there, but wherever he's at, he's here somewhere. Uh, I would go in his room, and on his dresser would be his tithe check. And I would see it every, every week, or however often he got paid. And it would be a few hundred dollars. And it was, it would kind of like, why is he giving that kind of money? You know, and if you know my dad... His, and I love him. He, he enjoys, Tom, where's Tom? Tom, he enjoys the fact, and Uncle John, that he's cheap. If he, can, if he can get anything out of you and he didn't have to pay for it, it's a happy day. But yeah, we went to church camp. Dad would circle around his camper to Tom and Sandy's camper Get Pop out of Tom and Sandy's camper, bring it back around to his and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I, I'm springing for the Pop. Tom went days drinking his own Pop that my dad got out of his own cooler, not his, and thought that was great because it was just, that's what he did. And he, we'd sit around the fire and he would laugh and we'd yuck it up. We'd go to a place and he'd, I'd say, dad, we got to get the stuff out of the trunk. He said, no, let's wait. I said, what are we waiting for? He said, let's go in and see what they got. We might not need to get it. <laughs> That's how I grew up. <laughs> so when I'd see this check, I would be like, that is not like my father. But something was more important to my father when it came to that. And that was God. 
And I remember asking him about it, and all he would tell me was, God saved me, and I want to do that. He didn't really explain, and I didn't understand. And so I went to my pastor, and, and that vivid picture was in my mind. And my pastor that married Kim and I at the time, he said, you just need to start tithing. And he was a great guy. I loved him, and, and he you know, basically said, this is what tithing does, and it's kind of the fence around your garden so the rabbits can't eat it and all of that stuff. And I get it, but it still wasn't really answering. And he said, I want you to give, you need to give 10%. Now, the pastor before him, him and I didn't, I didn't like him. I wasn't saved and I didn't like him. And so I wasn't going to church and we were moving my mom and dad into their house. And I was obviously, because I was, dad would go, hey, Moose, come move the freezer. Absolutely, dad, I'll move the freezer for you. You know, whatever. So they would always do that stuff to me. Here, let Brett get, uh, give him the heavy end. Thanks so much. But the pastor was on the other end of a couch and he starts drilling me. You're going to go to hell. You're going to burn in hell because you don't tithe and you don't do this. And I dropped the couch and said, I'm going to come over there and pound you. And, and they had to stop that because I was going to go over there and say, let me show you what I'm going to do. If I'm going to go there, I'm going to have fun doing it. <laughs> and so, you know, he backed off and I backed off. I didn't speak to him hardly anymore that day. And, but, you know, when I got saved, I ended up... I didn't agree with his methods, but I love the guy because it's just kind of what God does to your heart. Isn't that true? So the pastor told me, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to give 10 percent, the, the current pastor at that time. I, said, I just said, no, because I said, you know what that is? And he looks at me like, yeah, but that's what that's what you do. But he knew enough because I said, no, I'm not doing that. He said, I want you to start out. He said, this is what I want you to do. Well, just, give, just give like 1%. I'm like, why? He said, then the next week, give 2%. And the next week, now I'm not telling you to do that. So if you're out here going, that's my out. I'm just saying, that's what he told me. But what happened, my heart got in the process of giving. I still didn't understand everything. I didn't understand the way the kingdom was working. And I don't think the pastor at that time could tell me what I'm about to share with you. Because that's not how we operated. But something was changing inside me. And I began to give and I began to see God do things because God knows your heart. And do you know giving is a heart issue? I still had that vivid picture. And I'm like, you know, my dad can be as cheap as he wants. But when it came to, to the important stuff, he had showed me by his living that was what he was doing. There's some things that when I was first a believer that just when I would ask questions was just fly over my head. And I would just act like I knew. How about you? It probably happens in here sometimes. And I hope it does. And I try to put the cookies on the shelf where we all can get them. But sometimes it, it sounds so good in church. And by the time you get to your car, get home, you're like, what was that again? I mean, it seemed so easy when I was sitting there. I didn't understand if I did it right. I didn't understand what I did to activate anything to make it work. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you. It's almost like the story I told you where I, I hit the golf ball a mile and I won a golf bag. That's the only day I hit the golf ball like that. The only time. People would ask me, how'd you do that? I have no idea. I just happened to hit it right. You know, I don't know if somebody, you know, I don't know. But it went a long way. I don't know what I did. But when I met Pastor Gary, he seemed to know what, what was going on. And that got my attention. He started talking about the kingdom and, and God and, and ways I hadn't heard of before. And I did what any self-respecting person would do. I gave him a hard time. I, I was pastoring and I was uh, ordained in the Assemblies of God and I, I wasn't taught that way. It was drilled in me a different way. So I, I was up front with Pastor, and I think he appreciated that. I told him I wasn't sure if I even if I knew what he was telling me was true or, or what, but I liked him, and I told him that. And I told him this last night. I said, you remember our conversation? He goes, I do. So I, I said, but I liked you. 
And I thought, well, you know what? I'm, you're honest, and I, what if you're right? Maybe I should try something that you're saying. And so I started trusting him. You ever have somebody that you see something happens and they start speaking into your life and you start going, there's something there. And I, I, have, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I started trusting him. I, so we started sewing. And it's not a new principle, sewing, not talking Betsy Ross. I'm talking finances. It's not to believers. It's actually sowing and reaping is a law. Did you know that? It is a law in the kingdom. You cannot change a law. I was never taught that. It's how it is. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. What a man sows, he will reap. God is not mocked. It's a law. You cannot want it, but it's still a law. If you don't believe it, it's still a law. If you don't operate it and you still don't work in it, it's still working whether you believe in it or not. If you're not sowing anything and you're not reaping anything, because it's a law. If you are, I, don't, I told you this, you don't believe in gravity, doesn't stop gravity from working. It will still do what it does. But, you know, I thought, well, back to where I'm, if he's right, I win. If I prove him wrong, I win. It's a win-win. I told him that again last night, and he just chuckled at me. This is what he said, and so I'm telling you from my point of view, I'm being obedient to the Lord here, and I hope as we lay this foundation, this helps you. He told me that I could know the will of God in everyday situations. That's what he told me. I could be confident towards God knowing his will and knowing that he would answer my prayers without a doubt. That was totally foreign. We talk about, will you just, just pray? God will. It was all gray. Gary was the first one that was making things defined. We were always told when we grew up in church and in most denominations, God, God's sovereign, he does what he wants, when he wants, he's God, you, that's just how it is. He's so unpredictable, that's just how it is. He'll bless somebody, but he won't bless this person, he'll only do this, he'll only do that. And we're kind of, you know, it's kind of almost like the lotto. You almost feel that way. But God, from what Pastor Gary said, is he has already revealed his will from the Bible. Now, we, you know, I remember growing up in church and they'd say, this is Bible, B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. But it was also basic instructions before leaving earth. Remember that, B-I-B-L-E. And I'm like, okay, that's so cool, yeah, that's great. And then I had one guy give me a Bible, he said, uh, this, Bible, this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. How profound. All true, but it was all taken in a general sense. Because if, how many went to VBS when you were a kid? We did, what, didn't we learn about God? God is love. That's what we learned. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. And those are all true, but it was everything. Now that we're adults, was it not easier when you were a kid living at home? No, you thought you had responsibility. The most you had to do maybe was clean your room, do the dishes, mow the yard. Heaven help us. Gary began to tell me that God believes in me. I'm like, what? He told me that he cares about the things I care about. And he's not just make-believe. Now, I was a pastor, so I didn't think he was make-believe, but I'm like, that close? Says he's real and he'd never leave me or forsake me. And I knew that scripture, and I'm like, okay. So I was buying in, into that, but I wanted it the way I wanted it. Are you with me? You know what? 
I, I want, if I want him to never leave me or forsake me, then I want to know that he's right here. Not that just, I'm with you, but not he's so distant I can't tell. Okay? So I'm buying into what Gary's saying, but yet I'm still like, I've not seen it this way before. So if I was allowing God to get involved in things that I liked and he could prove himself to me, I could get excited about the outcome. In other words, I could pray and know that I have an answer before it happens. So I'm going to give you pieces of the puzzle. And again, we're just, I hope this is helping you. I see the time. I don't care. But it's not going to take that long. But I'm going to put them all together. Now, what pastor instructed me was the Holy Spirit told him, because I was asking him questions. Have you ever been around somebody you just want to, you want to sit there almost with a notebook and go, you're doing something I haven't seen before, but I like what you're doing, but I'm a little unsure of it, but can I ask you some questions? Have you ever talked to anybody about losing weight? Point, case in point. I talked to a guy last night, came up, and one guy came up and said, hey, PB, you're looking good. I'm like, uh, well, thanks. But I'm thinking, you haven't seen me much, have you? <laughs> but he had lost 19 pounds in three weeks. And he's a good friend of mine. And I mean, man, I was like, wow. And uh, I said, so what are you doing? And this is what he told me. He's just eating meat. That's it. Now, every man would probably be like, uh, tell me about that diet. That's awesome. It's just, it's, you know, and you can look at, I think it's called the carnivore. Go figure. It's, it's created in Jurassic Park. No, it's not created in Jurassic Park. But, uh, but you know, he's just eating meat. He can't, he can't have any veggies. He can't have any grains. He can't, you know, but it, it's working for him. I, I personally didn't want to do that, and I'm not saying do that. What, I, what I'm saying is, you know, if you're really desperate to, to find an answer, will you not quiz somebody that has the results that you're looking for? Amen? So I began to ask Gary, I'm like, Pastor, so tell me this. So he said, well, I felt led of the Holy Spirit to sow a financial seed for his harvest of his deer. And I, and I asked him, like, how much? Because I don't know. I mean, what if he told me, well, it was just, you know, to him, have you ever talked to somebody that has, now, and I don't know where, at this point he was not financially where he's at now. And God has just blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. And he continues to bless and bless and bless. But somebody could say to them, you know, what if he said $100? Now, to most, you know, maybe most people, they'd be like, 100 bucks? Huh? To other people, would be like, that's nothing. 100 bucks, it might as well have been a million bucks. How many could ever appreciate that? You're like, tell me something I can do. That's like somebody saying, I'm going to show you how to get out of debt, and if you pay me 150 bucks, I'm going to show you. Something wrong with that picture. If I had 150 bucks... I might want to put it towards my debt. So anyway, this is what he told me. And I think it was, I think he said $20. And I thought, okay, I could believe God for $20 and, and so that. So I did the same. So I gave money for my deer. Now I'm going to show you how all this in weeks to come, I'm going to explain it all. So today, don't leave and go, I'm puzzled. I'm hopefully going to be able to put all this together. <clears throat> I put in the memo section, and I'm going to explain this because I'm, again, just being obedient. Seven-point buck. Now, remember, I was making it hard for him because I wasn't sure. I wanted this win-win situation. So I picked something that's a different number. I didn't pick a, a four-point or a six or, or an eight. I thought seven. Hmm. Most deer usually grow same you know, on each side unless something happens. Okay, so anyway, I just thought I'm going to make... So I sowed a seed, prayed in agreement with my wife. We'll go over that stuff uh, as this goes on. But I did believe Gary. So I did believe Pastor. But I wasn't sure of the how. But I trusted him. Now, I want to stop here, and I hope you're getting... I, I hope every week you're like, we got to get some people here. Because I, I'm trying to make this as easy. I'm showing you my... heart and the difficulties I had. I hope you can appreciate it. I didn't understand how. Sometimes God will take you on something and because you trust him, 
You might not understand, but you just have to stand under it. So, and I've told you this before, my mom and dad would say, I want you to come in. Why? Because I said so. So sometimes God will show you something in his word. You have to trust him. Now, you know, you're going to get a chance. And again, I'm not doing this for finances. I'm trying to show you something. There are people that we will wait on God. And I'm just here to tell you God is waiting on you. The Bible says he gives seed to the what? Sower. And what happened, you know what that means? That means you have to sow first to get the seed. And what people do is they wait till they get it, and then they'll go, okay, when he blesses me, then I'll do something with it. No, you won't. I sat with my beautiful wife in a restaurant uh, one time. We were pastoring in another city, and the waitress came over, and, and Pastor Kim is probably one of the most, she gets this from her father, because Charles was probably one of the most generous men I've ever met in my life. And so she says to me, she leans over, and she says, we need to bless this this girl with a, a big tip okay and i'm now i'm just telling you where i'm at and you'll know why god paired me with her because i'm on the other end of the spectrum of that because i was just having the faith to me it was god's grace that we're even eating in a restaurant because you know we just didn't have it we didn't have the money we didn't have you know, and, and so we're out, and, she's, and we had gotten blessed with money because, now listen, we started doing the things that I'm, t- and I still didn't understand it, but I was doing it. Now, there's a difference between a wrong motive in your heart and then a heart that's just trusting because God can show you something if you trust him, and so then you'll understand and go, now I get it, but you have to understand, again, back to foundation to believe that he is. If you don't believe that God is God, this is not going to work for you. So anyway, she leans over and says, we need to tip this lady. I'm like, okay. What is the percentage of what we're supposed to give? <laughs> and she says, yeah, but, but she's not. No, she's like, no, no, like 50 bucks. I'm like, girl, that's more than our meal costs. I mean, our meal didn't even cost that because it was just a pizza joint. She says, I know, but she, she, needs, she needs God, and we need to show her God. Okay. So the girl comes over, and, and I, I don't know how we ended up giving it. To, she starts crying because she has, I think she had a, a baby or a kid, and she didn't know what she was going to do, and, and the money that we gave her was just enough to do what she needed to do, and she was just, thank you, God. I was just praying, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And You know, we left that place, and I was like, I was so glad I listened to Kim, but I also felt like, why am I like this? You know, because it, it was just easy for her. She has always been like that, and again, I think she gets it from her dad. She had a lady at, at Faith Life back in the day where they were in the warehouse, and a lady came up and said, matter of fact, it's my daughter-in-law's mother came up and said, I just love your purse. It is so beautiful. Next thing I know, Kim's carrying everything in her arms. I'm like, what are you doing? Where's your purse? She said, I gave it to her. That's just how she was. Understanding this principle, seed to the sower. So Pastor and I became friends. Now, this is different than what I'd been grown up with. This is different than what I was taught. And we spent some time with each other. And Drenda and him had came over to our house, and they stayed till about 3 a.m. I mean, that's a long time. You, you, if you don't like somebody, you don't stay till 3 a.m. You know, you're, you're out of there. Well, we better go. Got to go. You just got here. I know. <laughs> got to go. They stayed till like 3 a.m. And then they, uh, they had us, you know, we've been at their house and stayed till 3 a.m. And I remember Pastor making chocolate chip cookies, and, and he didn't use a recipe, and we were talking. And he was so excited about the kingdom of God, and he just began to share these things. And so I'm just like a sponge, like, okay, absorbing all of this stuff he's telling me. But he was a, I, I really liked him. He was a great guy. He was normal. He wasn't, like, weird that you couldn't talk to him. He was a little more quiet than me. He was more, more kind of like Kim, you know. He, uh, but he was, a, he was a man's man. He was a, he was a dude. He loved to hunt. I'd go to his house. He goes, here, got a gun for you. He tossed it to me. Let's go out back. We're going to shoot crows. 
blackbirds or whatever. I'm like, okay. You know, and, and he's just talking. The whole time I'm walking with him, he's talking about the kingdom of God. And I'm like, what is making this guy tick? I hope he watches this because I told him I was, uh, I, the Lord instructed me to do it from my point of view. So let's get back to me. So I sowed my seed. I'm, at, I'm just, okay, God, this is what Pastor Gary is telling me. I trust him. I'm not sure how this is going to happen, but I'm in. So I sat up in the deer stand. I was sitting on my 16-acre property, and I, I got to admit, I was expecting. I was like, wow, if this works out the way he says, this is so cool. This would be so cool, and I was excited, and could it be true, and would it work? All these thoughts are going through my mind. And every noise made me think, there's a deer. I hear it. But I was also having a battle. I was a battle with what I knew to be true, what I had experienced in the past. That's not what I was told, or that's not the way I grew up. So I was fighting off doubt as well. And I remember just like, okay, no, no. He told me just, to, I believed, I, I receive when I pray. And I remember closing my eyes. I remember looking up and out of the thicket came this buck. And he walked right over to my stand and just stood there. And I remember looking down and counting his points. Do you know how many he had? What did I sow for? Seven. He had Seven. And remember, why was it not a four-point? Why was it not a doe? Why was it this? Why did it stand there? Why didn't I just see it? And, but it came right over and just stopped and stood. Almost like, take my picture. Of course, I don't think the picture was what I was having in mind. But, but then the rest is history. I got my deer, and I thanked the Lord for it. And I remember telling Pastor Gary, and he was like, all right, that's great. Thank you, Jesus. He said, I told you the kingdom. And I thought, man, maybe there's something behind this. James 4.2 says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war and take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So I started asking, this, God, this couldn't have been a fluke. This wasn't a coincidence. Why wasn't it? Another kind of deer. Why wasn't it a doe? Why wasn't it this? Why wasn't it that? Why did it stand right under my stand? And we're going to discover all that. And I'm going to share that with you as we go on. But it wasn't just happenstance. That sowing in agreement, those things really do work. They're laws. God cannot lie. And if we do faith right, it works every time. So now... My relationship with Jesus is starting to become an adventure. Now I'm like, this is starting to get exciting. I'm starting to see God do things that I had. It's starting to answer questions why things showed up, and I didn't understand that I had tapped into a principle, but I didn't know it before. And now I'm like, oh, well, why did that work? Maybe that's why I, just, I thought Gary was so inspiring. Sometimes he was more quiet than I liked, but he was just so, I was, it was cool. So we had him back over to our house, and I wasn't real crazy about my financial state. We had a van, and it had bald tires, not to mention one was flat. And Kim and I were believing God for the tire. We needed four, but I don't think we had faith for all four. We were believing and trying to do what what pastor had said and nothing had happened and we were frustrated and scared and you name it. Now, Dr. Faith was on his way to my house. And I'm like, oh, because the tire, uh, the flat one was the right rear. So I pulled the van up, turned it around and backed it in because I didn't want him to see that flat tire. I just, you know, if he wanted to notice bald tires, whatever, maybe he wouldn't notice. But if the flat tire was away from him, he wouldn't see it. Didn't work. About two hours into the visit, he says, you need tires. One of them's flat. And I said, I know. We we're already believing for it. And I changed the subject. The rest of the night went fine. And before they left, 
he stated that he and Drenda wanted to buy our tires. And we tried to refuse, but that didn't go over well. And God was using the Cassis to meet that need. Now, see, I couldn't see some of that stuff because I, was, I needed humility, but I was almost too proud. I didn't want him to think me of a lesser man of God. And, you know, what if it didn't work? And here the whole time, God's plan was just to use them. This God I grew up with and loved, and I wouldn't be doing what I do now, but it had never been revealed to me like this. Answers and, and things, it was just, it was amazing. I mean, God had given me dreams growing up that were pretty cool. I still remember them very vividly. But now it starts making those dreams mean more because I'm like, wow, he wants a relationship with me. Here's, here's the fact, Jack, Romans 5, 8. God showed his great love for us by, spending, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You might be saying, Pastor Brett, I'm a total screw-up. You know, here's the good news. He knows that. But he still made a way for you, whether you screwed up or not. Romans 8, 15, you have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. It isn't God that does bad things, my friends. It is the enemy. John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. When I was a kid, I thought God was an old man with a white beard that just waited for me to do something wrong. So have you ever seen the game Whack-A-Mole? And I was, you know, and he was just waiting to whack me in the head. But I'm finding out that that was wrong. He wanted to take those sins away from me and clean me up. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. I hadn't found that in what I was growing up in, the church I grew up in and what I was, I wasn't even preaching all of that. I mean, I'm, yes, but like how to apply it. I grew up hearing God answers prayer, yes, no, and wait or maybe. And most of the time, it was no or wait or maybe. I very rarely seemed like I ever heard God say yes. Now I'm starting to see these answers. And pastor was saying he just wanted to show me these laws that he had discovered. And it just, part of me inside was just like, this is incredible. He said stuff like, according to his word. The Bible says I can ask God for anything with confidence and he would hear me and grant my request. And just to quote Jimmy Walker, say what? Or dynamite. I'm just saying, I'm like, God would do that? 1 John 5, 14, if we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask anything that pleases him. That word hear in there means that he, not just with his ear, but it, legally like a judge would hear the case. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this case in and I will listen to it. Not just listen with my ear, I will hear it. I will judge it. I told you last week, somebody leaves a will, and when they die, it can't be changed. It has to be carried out. God's word's the same. Jesus died for you. His will is, is the book. It was written to instruct us, reveal his ways to us, his kingdom, and the benefits and the covenant we have with him. He's not changing it. It was written in blood. Believe the word and release our faith in order to receive the benefits it has there. Hebrews 11.6, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I said before, most of us are waiting on God, and truth is God's waiting on us. I don't have a whole lot more, at least for today. But here's the fact. Jesus isn't going to the cross again. He's not going to be crucified again. He's already done it, and you've already got it. That's why Jesus said, it's finished. So let me ask you, if all of your needs aren't getting met, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not in this group as well. I'm human. I get it. 
But sometimes I have to be reminded, if everything is not getting met, is it God's fault? Because then if it is, then what Jesus did was not enough. It didn't pay the full price. If that's what we're saying. But that's not what the word says. The word says that he died for us all. All have come short of the glory of God. And that all those sins are covered by the blood. The will of God in our lives, if we don't know that or don't even want to know that, then we can't really release our faith. If we don't believe that God isn't good, then you can't fully believe that he's going to do something good. I just had somebody tell me last week, well, God's trying to teach me something. No, he doesn't work like that. Now, life as a teacher, I get it, but in this life you'll have tribulation. I get it, but God's not putting you through hell or hardship to show you something. That is the enemy. You have to believe it is his will, according to the word, that you be healed. It's his will that you be prosperous. And if you don't believe that, it's going to be hard for you to release your faith for whatever the reason, because you don't believe it. Oh, he'll do it for you, Brett, but he won't do it for me. That's not in there. He doesn't arbitrarily choose. That's not in there. For God so loved the world, people, that he gave the world his son. This is one of Pastor Kim's favorite scriptures, Mark 9, 23. This is Jesus talking. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus says, anything is possible if a person believes. And I think we all wrestle with unbelief from time to time. Matthew 13, 58. He did only a few miracles in his hometown because of their what? Their unbelief. Let me ask. I mean, he wanted to heal, but he couldn't because they, they didn't believe. It doesn't change. How many times does Jesus say, your faith made you well? Go in your faith. You are healed. We, just like in giving, we set those parameters by our faith. What we believe, what we sow, what we know is true. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the good news about Christ. If you don't believe that God is for you and these things, and I'm not talking about pie-in-the-sky stuff. I'm talking about just practical, you know, and you'll get blessed beyond the practical, more than you can ask, think, or, you know, he'll do all of that, but your heart is just, God, I just want to walk in your kingdom. This is just awesome. I knew a man that could quote the whole Bible pretty much. But he didn't walk in victory. Matter of fact, it was really hard to be around him for a long, you know, for long periods of time. And he was seemed to be at odds about everybody he talked to. I'm not saying go along with the world. I'm just saying if he if you knew something, he knew more. You know what I mean? And he, and if you thought you knew it right, he'd say, No, this is wrong, this is how it is. Remember the book that came out, uh, The Rapture in 88 or whatever? We're all going to be raptured in 88 to put out a book. How many remember that? <laughs> this gentleman believed that, and he spoke it and told everybody we're all leaving in 88. Scripturally, that's pretty hard to do because the Bible says we don't know the time when he's coming. But he went, and if you argued with him, I mean, he would just quote scripture and put you, try to put you in your place right there. Well, when 88 happened, came and went, and we're still here. People went back to him. He did not like it. And pretty much he left that church, and I'm going to tell you right now, one of the main reasons was he was pretty well embarrassed because we're all still here, and so was he. Now, the church didn't ask him to leave. I'm just saying. Hebrews states this, Hebrews 4, 1 and 2, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. We ought to tremble with fear. Some of you might fail to experience it, for this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. 
You see, faith isn't just head knowledge. It's just what you it's just up in your brain. You can say I, I can quote the. You can say all kinds of scripture, and say you agree with it. But it's knowing in your spirit that when you are agreeing with what the word says, you are applying the kingdom law or the principles with it. So that you, if you're believing for something, you have it when you pray. Not when it shows up. You don't have to see it. You have it. It has substance. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we can't see. The New King James says it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is. That's what the New King James says. Faith is. Not just hope. It is substance. I don't have to see it. It has substance. And when I give that my belief, it becomes evidence. It is the force of God. May the force be with you. When we believe God for something, we know that he hears us, according to that scripture. Remember in 1 John 5.14, we know that he hears us, and we have what we're believing for because we receive it when we pray. Mark eleven twenty four. I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you received it, it will be yours. So it means it's going to show up in the future. And, and again, I'm finishing up, and I know it's 11.55. Give me five more minutes, in, but i got to lay this foundation. It's the time between the praying and the time that it shows up. It's the time between the praying and the amen and the thank you, Jesus, is where the battle is, isn't it? That's when you get tested by the enemy. Hebrew also states, faith and patience bring the promise. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So we are thankful even for things that we haven't gotten yet. Is that what it's saying? Is it really saying that? Be thankful for things that haven't shown up yet? I wouldn't send a thank you note to somebody if they hadn't done anything yet. Thank you for fill in the blank. And they'd be like, why'd you give me this? Because we'd wait till we get something. That is how we would respond. That is the earth-cursed system. We've grown up that way. I'm, I'm trying to, to help you see something. It's how the law works. I can't change the law. We receive our request by faith, and we know we have it before it shows up. We respond with faith. And what happens inside? Peace. When I knew and I sow for my deer, I got to tell my neighbor the other day, I said, every time when I go out and I hunt, I, I hunt by faith. He goes, me too. I don't know if he knows what I mean, but I'm not there to give him a Bible lesson. I'll show him. I have peace in my heart when I go out. Substance of what we hope for. That's our faith. The word hope, confident expectation. That's what it means. And it's built on the word of God. Now, it's different from what I was grown up and believing coming in other things. It's not that pie crust promise, easily made, easily broken. Hope is like the camera, the lens on a camera that you, you're looking at something and you're focusing in. Hope is showing you what that is. What you're taking a picture of. And once we allow our hope in faith to take root, evidence. I don't have to see it. I have it. Unbelief is wondering if God's going to do something he's promised. We believe we see it. We already have it. How many knows that God never loses? I'm going to say this, and, and actually it's 11.58, so I'm done. Remember the parable of the sower? Once that seed is sown... You know, a farmer, and again, we'll go over all this. A farmer puts thousands of dollars in just a natural system. He can't get it back once he throws the seed in the ground. But he knows sowing and reaping. He understands that it's going to germinate and it's going to produce a crop. When the enemy comes in, when you sow, he wants the word. He wants the word that I've sown in your heart this morning. And that's what he's going to try to uproot. 
And you have to say, no, I'm believing. Things are going to change this year. I'm going to walk in kingdom principles. I began to, to see my life and Kim's life drastically change because the kingdom was being opened up to me. It was there all along. It didn't just, here it is. God was like, I've been here the whole time. When I didn't even recognize it, he was still there. Now, each week, we're going to just unload this a little bit more. We'll make it clear and clear for you. I'll peel it back as easy as I can. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?